Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hey, Rick, welcome to This Marketing Show. Today, we're gonna talk about a really popular topic, and that is leads. What's a lead? And I know marketing and sales kind of see that differently, but what are your thoughts on that? Let's get started with it. Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head there early. Sometimes marketing defines a lead as, you know, somebody winked at you and sales is somebody actually gave you a hug. I mean, two completely different levels of commitment. And uh, so today, you know, we want to talk about is all the different types of leads that people call a lead. Because I think most, a lot of our customers on the digital marketing side get tricked or confused in terms of, you know, all these leads are coming in for somebody and why aren't we getting these? And I think there's a wide range of weighted value. And today we've got a list of 10, but back to your point, I think sales views more of a lead as actually somebody wanting to engage with you to talk about your product or service. So that may come in the form of requesting an appointment, a conversation. Mm-hmm. As you know, Melissa, we're starting to do a lot more on the websites now of having links that may go directly to a Calendly link to book an appointment or meeting right there, or whether it's a HubSpot right? Uh, calendar that someone can book an appointment, but those would be, that would be the ideal lead. Although let's go through the other 10 that people, you know, consider. Yes. And some of the beginning ones, maybe a few salespeople are rolling their eyes. <laughs> However, you know, it is what it is. Let's get started. How about email opens, Rick? What do you think in there? So just first, there's only one thing worse than a bad lead for a salesperson, Melissa, right? That's two bad sales leads, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So just as we talk about the topic, if I may jam it in here at the beginning is, you know, I think salespeople get frustrated sometimes because marketing throw these leads over the fence and say, hey, these are people to contact. And as a salesperson myself, you know, the last thing I want to do is fry my personal brand or some connection uh, with a bad lead. Okay, so let's talk about the first type of lead that a lot of people, now remember, we're talking about things that some people consider leads. Mm-hmm. We as, a, as an organization into communication or sell to win, we may not consider each of these as a quote unquote lead. Because again, my definition always is that, you know, people don't buy marketing, they buy what marketing does for you. And I think most of our clients, you know, hope a lead is a conversation. So on email opens, look, we do email campaigns, uh, hundreds of them for customers. And um, we're able to measure, and you as a customer, if you're doing email, you know, you can see who opened the email. So in many cases, this is seen as a trigger event that suggests someone may be interested in what you do. So the first lead would just be someone opening your email that's within an email campaign. Low level lead, but nonetheless, it is a trigger event that says, hey, maybe they're interested. Absolutely. How about email click-throughs? So this is the next level. Okay. So someone opens your email and then the next level of commitment would be they actually opened it up, looked at it, and then click through on a link embedded within the email. So that link may go to, maybe it's a page on your website. Maybe it's some type of content offer, whatever it is you want to drive them to as a destination. This is seen as a second level of commitment in addition to just opening the email. Now we're being a little granular here, folks, because again, we're trying to clarify what is a lead. So when you evaluate your marketing efforts, you've got some framework to, uh, to judge it. Absolutely. What about an email or blog subscription? You're a big blog reader, Melissa, yourself. I uh, I'm more <laughs> visual. I like video and, and uh, you know, stimulating graphics, but um, each of our clients, right? Blogging is a foundation for their search engine optimization strategy. 
And when someone subscribes to their blog or subscribes to their email, uh, you know, whether it's a newsletter or receive emails from them, again, this is another trigger event, we would say possibly a lead that says, hey, maybe they're interested in what your company does or learning more about your products. And again, the sales team may not define someone subscribing to your blog or email as a quote unquote lead. And again, this is where it gets a little gray in terms of, is it really a lead or just kind of expressed interest? Right. But at least they surrender their contact information and you have their info and they're clearly interested. You make a good point. Like these are, these are all positive things that we're just, I'm just trying to say as a sales, like I think what we do that's a little different is we think through a sales head and a marketing helmet. And uh, you know, we work with colleges locally here. I speak to the students and in there, if you ask them, what is the definition of a lead? take a class of 120 people, you'd probably get like between 15 and 20 different answers of what a lead is. And so I think this elusive definition is really what we're trying to talk about today is there's different definitions and you just need to understand what is a lead in terms of the weighted value that might drive to a revenue opportunity. Absolutely. So the next one we have is intent search. So this is a, um, um, you know, as we all know, like uh, automated uh, intelligence is coming in, robotic automation, and there's a tremendous amount of technology now that's available for us as marketers or you as a, as a business leader that you're able to now identify within your market scope where a company may be looking for your products and services. So they may not be looking at your particular website or some of your content online, but you're now or we're able to see who might be searching for what it is you have to offer. Now, if you know someone's looking for your product or service offering, as you can appreciate, now we can send in a sales activity that says, hey, we understand someone from your organization may be looking for this, right? So it's a little bit of intelligence online and you got to watch your point of entry from a salesperson. So they wonder, how do you know this? But nonetheless, I would say it's in a way understanding that someone is at the car dealership on a Sunday kicking tires, right? And you're simply following up saying, hey, we think it was you. Now, the downside of this technology, if there is one, is that we only know the company. We don't know the individual. So depending on the size of the company, you may need to do a little bit of fishing in terms of, you know, someone that's showing intent through their online searches. Yeah, absolutely. This one ties a little bit into the email or blog subscription, but content download, right? Surrendering info and, and, and you know, getting some information. So, so these are like a, a standard uh, part of our platform in terms of lead generation. They've been very effective. And the thinking again is whether it's an ebook, uh, uh, a checklist, uh, some type of content offer that someone is willing to surrender their real name and their real email. Uh, you know, so there's a science to staying away from Jojo Jellybean at jojojellybean.com. <laughs> we get these all the time. Um, so when someone surrenders their information, it suggests again, that there is some intent on their behalf to learn more about what you have to offer. Now, the trick here we believe is in this lead is the follow-up is where the magic happens. And I think a lot of salespeople assume that the person downloaded an ebook on, you know, this topic and they assume the person's in the buying window. So it's a little bit of a soft landing. You got to follow up on that lead. Yeah, Absolutely. So something near and dear to my heart, webinar registration or attendee. So why don't you talk about that? Because you host all of our virtual events. You've seen it all. And you know there's a big difference between someone registering for an event versus actually showing up. Right. I mean, when they register, they have the intention. They write. They're interested. They, they want to be there. But sometimes they don't always show. And then when they do show, we can segment out depending, you know, the webinars we do, who attended, how long they attended for. So we know the, at, you know, the point they dropped off 
what was their interest level? Or if they stayed to the end, did they fill out the survey? There's some really good information in the data after the, after the actual webinar takes place, um, you know, that we can provide. Yeah, and I think, you know, people underestimate the popularity of webinars now. One of the things that's been really popular for our clients and maybe you watching right now is to shorten the runtime of your webinars. We've seen very popular 10-minute webinars. They don't have to be 60 minutes, right? And uh, Melissa, one of the things I, I like what you do is at the end, at the exit survey of a webinar, you always give the participant the option to say, hey, would you like someone to contact you about this topic? So again, it's another trigger event to generate a quote unquote lead that might you know turn into a conversation. And, and to that point, another thing we'll do for our clients is we'll add a question at the end, you know, hey, what are some topics that you would like to see? So it generates more interest and, and we get there, you know, would you be attending? Would you be inviting someone else from your company, et cetera, et cetera. So just, just breadcrumbing along for, for different things. We know from our webinars that, that when someone says they'd like more information on this topic, well, that to us would translate in some way to a potential lead on that other thing that you may be able to sell. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The good one here. Phone in. Old school. People actually do phone, although I know it's argued that 41% of millennials are now into Gen Zs now, but uh, you know, don't even want to talk to a human as part of their engagement process. So the phone is maybe a little old school as we <laughs> joke, but uh so we now, uh, primarily through paid advertising uh, campaigns, are able to track a lead because someone phoned in a specific number. So in other words, you don't, you can't just as the business owner say, well, we would have got that lead anyway. We're now able to track based on this digital ad, this phone call was made at this time inbound to your business. So again, this is another great way to generate leads of someone that's interested because if they're phoning, let's face it, that's a higher level commitment in most cases than a email or a text message. Absolutely. How about request a quote? So very popular. You see it on a lot of websites, um, you know, request a quote, easy thing, hanging on different landing pages. I think uh, that's obviously a great lead of someone saying, Hey, give me a price and, you know, on your product or service. The downside I would say is if you've got a request a quote lead generation kind of form on your website, Maybe give them a little bit of an explanation as to what's going to happen when they complete the form or let them give you more information in text field. Like, what are they looking for? Maybe give them some options because, you know, when someone converts on a request, a quote, and you come in cold as the seller or the person following up, you have no idea if you just got their name and number and their interest versus if they've given you a little bit of information as to what they're looking for or why they're looking for it. Now, again, the trick is to keep the form short and simple, right? So people aren't creating a you know, mm -hmm. long document in terms of requesting a quote, but there's some magic in the middle there. And I think not enough websites have a request a quote uh, option. I agree. How about book a demo? So same spirit of uh, request a quote, right? This one's just, you're suggesting that um, someone wants to book a 15 minute, again, 10 minute, 15 minute, 20 minute, 30 minute an hour demo to see your product or offering. And I think uh, a lot of people, uh, underestimate the opportunity to do virtual demos now. And so uh, when someone uh, gives the offer to book a demo, right, you can physically be there, obviously, or we're having a lot of clients right now that are literally doing it virtually. So they're bringing in their digital technology. Here's what we've got, or, or it could be screen sharing in many cases in the SaaS market. This is how it works. Mm -hmm. But book a demo, uh, great uh, lead generation. I would say that's of a higher value when someone uh, books a demo versus, let's say, opening an email. Absolutely. How about contact us? I mean, that's a common form on a website, right? Yeah. So everybody's got a contact us page. And I think, you know, when we look at the contact us page activity and all the sites that we have visibility into, there's a lot of 
you know, crazy spam emails in there. But it's surprising how many leads actually do get to that catch-all page called contact us. And as a business leader, a lot of people say, hey, you know, Rick, we would have got that lead anyway because someone was on our website. But now we're able to track back where the person came to on the site. It's almost like a pinball. A lot of times they'll bang around and then come down to the paddles, which is your contact us page. And so I think as we summarize here, like we've got email opens, right? And again, the purpose of this marketing show is to talk about not to say one's wrong or not a good lead. It's just the weighted value and the different options that are out there. Because I think a lot of people, Melissa, talk, hey, you know, we're getting all these leads. Right. <laughs> email right. opens. Uh, I don't know if you take those to the bank, right? So in summary, if we can show on the screen here, the top 10 guys uh, leads. And if you, as you look at these, right, they're all good. They're all trigger events or all, you know, suggesting something good's happening from a buyer intent standpoint. And ideally, you want to have some metrics looking at all these because they do work together uh, to create conversations, right? More opportunities for you to sell something. But I just think most, a lot of people are really confused. And as you said at the beginning, you know, the sales and marketing people look at them completely different. Absolutely. However, like you say, there's, there's a whole range. And so we've just given the listeners an option. All right. So once again, what we want to try and do today on this marketing show is show you 10 different definitions of a quote unquote lead. Now to me as a sales guy, I would call lead more someone looking to speak with me, book a demo, get a quote, et cetera, versus someone opening an email. But nonetheless, if someone's telling you, hey, they're getting all these leads, we just want to give you a framework to work with here as we took a look at 10 popular lead generation kind of definitions in your B2B marketing platform. That's great, Rick. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time on This Marketing Show. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.